You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 122 called 15 EdTech Tools to help you get ahead of 2023, part one. In this episode, we'll share 15 unique EdTech tools in a variety of educational categories. We'll also share some updates on our fall winter presentation schedule for this coming school year. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. Let's get into episode 122. We're almost at the century and a quarter mark, which is kind of cool. I know those little corny little milestones. Well, they're corny and they're little, but we're going to celebrate them anyway. Yeah, at least they make you feel like you're making some progress. And uh, I feel like we're making some progress into the school year. It's now, as we're recording this, October. And that's, you know, I don't know about you, but it takes me like... I would say a good four weeks to really settle into a routine and feel like I've got my feet underneath me whenever a new school year starts up. And uh, I think I'm finally there, kind of figuring out what this year is going to be like and getting in a good groove. How about you? Yeah, I think part of it is just getting to know your kids. It takes about five weeks to kind of get to know some of the more outgoing ones. Sometimes it takes longer for some of the ones that are more reserved. But we are six scores plus two into our episode count. Uh, we're going to start it off like we usually do with some updates uh, next week. Super excited. So this episode gets dropped on Monday. On Thursday, I will be in Ohio at the Teach Better conference for the conference that takes place October 14th and 15th. Uh, if you're listening to this and you are going, please let me know that you're going. We'd love to meet up. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter at Guys Got Tech. Uh, there I will be doing Podcasters Row. Uh, Podcasters Rose were a bunch of podcasters go and we podcast with people at the conference. So if you're interested in that, please stop by. Uh, I'll be there, I believe, Friday morning and Saturday afternoon or late morning are the two sessions that I have. I'll have to double check on that, but I'll, I'll post it on social media. Uh, the other thing I'm doing is presenting with uh, Stephanie Howe, the EdTech Throwdown. This is uh, Nick and I's uh, presentation that we typically do, uh, but he's unable to go. So Stephanie, uh, more than willingly and overconfidently, I may add, stepped in. And uh, I, I see what she's throwing down. It's going to be tough. So I got to ask this, because um, I don't know what you're, I mean, I know you're doing the throwdown with Stephanie. And typically when Geis and I do this, we compete against each other. I pretty much know the like six or seven or eight tools that he's going to present as his team. Because you're going against Stephanie, have you changed it up? Or are you still doing pretty much the same ones? Well, I don't do the same ones every time. In fact, you take a lot of mine. I do, <laughs> I do try and steal the good ones. No, but like... So if there's some of mine that basically are you trading out, maybe some tools that I would typically cover? No, uh, I found a couple new ones. So I'm, okay. I'm pretty happy with those new ones. And then I, you know, stuck to some, like two of my tried and true that are fan favorites that not a lot of people know about. Right. So I kept those on there. Steph uh, has a, a nice list. Uh, 
some of them which I believe she made. So that's super intimidating, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you've never had to go against someone who have uh, someone who's developed their own tools. I definitely can't say that, but uh, it'll be fun for you. And this is a this is a great PD to attend, and I'm not just saying that because it's our kind of signature presentation. It's just fun. The competition is fun, and you know, it's while it is all in good fun, and we're really just there to teach everyone about some ed tech tools. It does add a nice, um, you know, changes it up a little bit. So please check that out if you are uh, in the area or attending the Teach Better conference. If you're not, that's okay because there's tons of stuff uh, around where we will be, uh, such as the Link Spring Virtual Conference, another really great one. So if you liked. Uh, these virtual conferences that have been developing over the past few years and really came to you know full power uh, during COVID when that's how everything was functioning. I know there's upsides and downsides to it, but this is a great one and we're gonna be there as well. Uh, the link for that, you can find it at linklearning.com. That's link spelled with a C, by the way. And um, you know, just head to the website, you'll see it pop up or head to our show notes at gottech.com for episode 122 and I believe the past couple episodes as well, because we've been pushing this one a bit. But that's another great one where you can see Geis and I do uh, do what we do in person. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I I really like the message that Link Spring uh, sends out to the teachers that they work with. So definitely check them out as well. Uh, the last update uh, in this. Uh, we just got done talking about Stephanie Howe, uh, but she's doing a lot of great things right now. Uh, she just co-wrote a book with Tara Ruckman, and they just released it, and it just uh, landed on the bestseller list already. So that's a awesome achievement. Uh, we're going to play some audio for, from Stephanie and Tara. Uh, the book is called Control the Chaos. And they also have a podcast called Control the Chaos. Uh, so make sure you check out the podcast. I have a link to the book in the show notes. Um, make sure you check that out. It's very reasonable priced. I started it last night. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I don't know Tara as well as Stephanie, but Stephanie is an outside-of-the-box thinker, and she often brings things to life in ways people can't or don't know how to or can't think that way. Uh, I think I'm starting to be on that level, uh, but I think she, uh, I don't know, she's always three steps ahead and she has an interesting perspective about education and how to, I don't know, like convert activities so all students can be successful. So I think uh, this is definitely a book that is worth the read and I'm enjoying it so far. All those links, again, are in our episode 122 show notes. So that's Stephanie's podcast and a link to her Amazon channel. So you're going to want to find all that stuff. Without any further ado, take a listen to Stephanie and Tara as they introduce their book, Control the Chaos. Hi, I'm Stephanie Howe. And I'm Tara Ruckman, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you looking for ways to level up your teaching of executive functioning skills? Or are you interested in learning about the impact it can have in your school or classroom? We just launched a recent bestseller. Go over to Amazon and search Control the Chaos, what it takes to create order in the classroom and teach executive functioning skills.
All right, and with that, let's also start off our second segment here today. We've been kind of on this tear of trying to really dig deep and scour the you know the internet and the ed tech world for I don't I don't want to call them new because some of these things have been out there, but new to education, certainly new to us. Tools that we have not talked about before. At least we're trying to make sure we haven't talked about them before. And uh, all this stuff is kind of getting compiled, and you know, as we do, we're going to share it. So this is sort of like a grab bag episode of those types of things. So Nick and I are both very big on building your ed tech toolkit, and that's what we try to help you do. Uh, we are bringing some tools that have the same functionality as other tools, but just like learners are different, teachers are different in the way that they work with ed tech tools. Some of them. Uh, are intimidating so they don't want to use those some of them are too simplistic so they don't want to use those so we're trying to give you options here and uh, that's really the purpose of an episode like this is give you you know 10 to 15 tools see if it's something that is missing from your edtech toolkit see if it's something that you're looking to replace in your edtech toolkit but we always recommend that you keep five to seven tools in your back pocket and you very rarely stray away from those five to seven. That's all that you really need to cover most of the major topics. You might have a couple uh, one-off tools like uh, a slazer or remove BG that you use for one specific thing. Uh, we're not talking those, we're talking about something that you actually implement in with your students and that helps them foster some type of creativity for an activity. So, um, you know, that's a, a great description of what this is and what it's supposed to be. I'll run, just run through the categories of what you all can expect today and then we'll get into it. So we've got some PD, uh, some free online professional development sites that uh, we have been checking out and would recommend. We've got some video editing tools of which there are many, of course, but these are some cool ones that we haven't seen before. Some photo editing tools, it's always super fun and you know has a, a larger place in education than most people would think but we'll share those we've got some math tools specifically i just think in the past few years there's been a lot sort of emerging for math teachers who were typically kind of locked into this paper and pencil space thinking that of course that's how you have to do math but i think tech is finally being able to reach that and bridge those gaps so we've got some good math tools some writing tools lots of stuff there and we'll end it fittingly with a gamification and fun category. Altogether, we've got about 15 of these, so maybe you can kick it off with some of the free PD stuff. Yeah, so typically when we say free PD, you go there and there's educational, specific educational content, uh, professional development. Uh, Nick and I are developing a new course. Uh, it's an extension to our current one which is uh, world ready one where students are learning how to podcast and promote their podcast and brand their podcast and make a podcast uh, world ready two is going to be more on things like branding uh, drop shipping understanding drop shipping affiliate marketing how to do unboxing videos how to make and publish a book like a cookbook or something like that so it's a little different it's a whole bunch of one-off uh, activities that teaches them a specific skill or a couple of skills. So the free professional development ones that uh, I went after this time is to 
I want to expand my my knowledge on things like coding, Google coding, uh, branding, drop shipping, those types of things. So I was looking for free, you know, courses that take maybe an hour to complete, just to try to get a well-rounded knowledge of what I may or want to teach in the second course. So the three free professional development sites, the first one is Simply Learn, the second one is Course City, and the third one is Class Central. Uh, for Simply Learn, its, it's uh, tagline is the world's number one online boot camp. Uh, there's over three million career advanced courses, uh, 1,500 live classes every month, um, and there's just a lot there for you to go and check out. For me, I go up to the search bar and I could type in anything. So if I type in coding, there's going to be a whole bunch of coding programs. There's a Caltech Coding Bootcamp. Uh, and it says the next cohort starts October 7th. Uh, sometimes these are ones that are asynchronous. Some of these, there's like a cohort. Uh, you have learning options, whether it's a university program or a course, just a standalone course. And then underneath that, there's a whole bunch of categories like software development, digital marketing, project uh, management. So that's under coding. If I go in there and I type in really anything else, uh, I'm just trying cryptocurrency right now. And uh, there's the cloud and cryptocurrency, the, the growing convergence between cryptocurrency and cybercrime. So maybe you can get a nice little uh, article or two out of some of the new hot topics there. So this is in Simply Learn. Go check it out. There's a whole bunch of niche uh, PDs if that's something that interests you. Uh, the next one is, sim um, I'm sorry, the next one is uh, Course City. And Course City is kind of the same thing. It has that little search bar. You could go under different uh, subject headings. Uh, you could go under different courses. There's free courses, best courses, submit a course. If I just go under free courses, uh, I'm just taking a look. There's over 750 Ivy League courses that are on there. There's free certification courses on there. Uh, there's Udemy courses that are on there. Coursera. So really, it's a collection of all the course places that are out on the internet. Uh, and you could search on there for certain skills. So if I just put in marketing for this one, uh, there's a slew of different uh, courses that come up, whether it's email marketing, affiliate marketing, CPA marketing, YouTube marketing, Facebook ads, all that stuff. And you could go learn about this stuff for free. So it might be something for you to kind of just branch out and do a passion project or have your students do a passion project and, and check out that one. Yeah, these these sound awesome. With, with all this stuff, you know, it, it sounds like a lot to take on, but I think there's a lot, of, a lot of good that can come from learning something new and maybe even that doesn't seem super connected to what you teach. Just like last night, I, you know, I was trying to help my wife with one of her work projects that involved an Excel spreadsheet and something they were trying to do, like exporting certain data and making certain data on the spreadsheet viewable to some people, but not others. And, you know, I, I was able to do that, even though I'm not 
a spreadsheet expert just like in doing simple little honestly it's been us developing um games right like uh escape the room style games using google sheets has taught me enough where i could kind of step in and be like yeah i bet there's a you know, a, a sorting or a filter that you could do for that. And we eventually figured it out. You just find all sorts of little cool connections like this. So I would totally encourage people to get in there and, uh, you know, check these out. Maybe find something you've always wondered about. Yeah, just not to leave Class Central off of there because that was my third one. It, it, they're all three very similar. They just, uh, they pull in a collection of different certificate uh, programs, free PD, pay PD. I'd probably go for the free. And a lot of them have uh, ratings next to them, so people rate them. But I'm just looking at some of the the uh, courses uh, on Class Central, and there's one called Microbes, Friend or Foe. Uh, that that's one that would interest me that I would go because that, that tailors to my science brain. But there's just a whole bunch of stuff here. If you have a, if you want to make a website, or if you have a website. I just typed in WordPress. So there's WordPress for beginners, so that's gonna teach you how to do it. And then there's like SEO courses. And uh, so SEO, search engine optimization. So if you're gonna have a website that you want other people to be able to find that aren't you know, students in your classroom, that's something that you'll wanna do. Another one is probably uh, how to get analytics uh, through Google Analytics on your website, things like that. So. This is definitely another place where you could better yourself and maybe take one of your passion projects to the next level and begin your research using one of these free courses. So next, let's talk about video editing. I've got three tools to mention here. And you know, I think at this point, most teachers, at least at the higher grades, come to think of it, probably even the lower grades now, we probably have a preferred video editor sort of queued up. I know in our district, it's one called WeVideo, which is not one of the three I'm gonna talk about, but I'm mentioning it because you might be saying, well, why would I need a, a new video editor? I've already got WeVideo, or we already use Screencastify. Um, here's why you might wanna consider a different one. First of all, there's tons of these things out there and they're all slightly different. You may just like one better. Second of all, I was just last week helping a group of students with WeVideo and they were trying to insert some audio into one of the tracks and it just, it wasn't going. Every time they would sort of try to drag in the audio, it would glow red instead of glowing green. And if you've never used Wii Video, glowing red means it's not working. And these kids just couldn't figure out why can't I drag in this audio? And they don't have always all the time and the tools to solve something like this. So. I was helping them out and it was really simple. We just ended up having to clear the cache in their Chrome browser and that you know took care of the problem as a lot of web-based uh, problems can be solved that way. But uh, I did notice how frustrated they were to the point where they were actually bashing WeVideo saying how what a terrible website it is and it's an awful aud uh, edi editor for videos, which I disagree with completely. It's actually great for a web-based video editing platform. But you could understand their frustration in that. Now, if I hadn't been able to solve that problem for them, and this has come up with a lot of the different, you know, web-based creativity projects I run, I always like to have a backup where you may have a student that is so frustrated with WeVideo that even if you help them through whatever issue they're having, they're just, they're kind of done on the whole thing, at least in that moment. So I always like to say, 
you know, well, here's how to fix this, or here's a workaround in WeVideo, or if you're super unhappy with it, of course, there's always option B. And it's nice to have an option B kind of planned out. So maybe one of these could be your option B. Maybe one of these you'll like even better. Uh, the th I'll list all three names and then briefly mention each one. The first one's called Kiwi, K-E-E-V-I. Next up, we've got CapCut. And the last one is Tele.TV. Now, if you've ever used a, a web-based video editor before, these are gonna be pretty familiar. Uh, start, you know, starting with Kiwi, it's got a lot of the same stuff, like bringing in different audio clips and video clips and text and, you know, pulling in a logo to do all that branding. One of the things that caught my eye specifically about Kiwi, maybe more for uh, teachers who are producing content to put online, is that you can repurpose it into like a lot of different formats all at once. So if you've got a video that you want out there for your students, but also just to be out there in the world, you can publish these things to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, specifically tailored to the sizes and, and lengths that are you know, allowed in all those different platforms. And if you've ever done this type of thing before, it can take a lot of time to figure out what does the video, what format does it have to be in to put in all these different spots. So that's huge for me. And actually from Kiwi, you can publish direct to a lot of those platforms immediately. So there's just like a lot of good reasons to do this if, or to use this if that is something you do. They have subtitling and pulling in images and text. And like I said, a lot of uh, color adjustments and typical editing tools, but the publishing here looks really cool. And that's uh, sort of similar to the second one. So CapCut is another all-in-one video editing tool. The reason that this one caught our eye for today's episode was that it specifically tailors to some of the more modern or newer social media platforms that are out there, like TikTok. They actually uh, sort of push that they're really great for creating TikTok videos. You know, it's been around for years now, but that's maybe one of the newer, bigger platforms, and it would be cool to build that into a student project because that's gonna grab your students' attention a little bit more. So advertising on TikTok, making intro videos, how-to videos. You know, they mentioned e-commerce and promotion, which doesn't necessarily meet a teacher's needs, but maybe, maybe you've got a, you know, a club meeting coming up or a fundraiser for whatever sport you coach and you wanna make a nice polished promo video for that. And a lot of these sites that are more for business and marketing are, are great for that and can produce really quality stuff. And that's, um, again, similar to this last one, Tele.TV um, is, it seems like more the, the choice for startups here. So this is, I think, the least well-known out of these guys, but it looks great. You know, product demos, tutorials, uh, which might fit in a little bit more with education, really awesome stuff. Uh, presentations. One of the things I like about the Tele.TV is the text to talk feature. So you don't really even have to record yourself. That's a big hang up for people. If you just type it in, it's going to automatically uh, convert that over for you as well as, you know, screen capture stuff. Um, and they, it does seem like when you're done in Tele.TV, these things are very, uh, very shareable in like an instant. So I think these present some interesting options. Uh, they do, I believe all of them do have some pay features, but I also believe all of them can be used for free, at least in some capacity. So uh, Kiwi, CapCut, and Tele.TV, some new video editing tools to check out. 
Yeah, I think this is a great list, and I think this is a prime example of choosing one that fits your needs. Like, for example, right now, I want to get more into TikTok. I think TikTok is basically, uh, you're going to see in Facebook and some of the other ones, you're going to see a lot of TikTok-like features coming out in all the social media applications. I'm just throwing it out there. I think it's going to happen. So uh, I think these little shorts, they teach you a lot in a little bit of time. Yeah, there's tons and tons and tons of garbage on TikTok. But if you follow certain people of content that you want to follow, that's what comes into your feed for the most part. So I'm going to check out CapCut just to see if I can be more... uh, TikTok fluent in publishing videos. I have a couple out there. I'm not really doing anything. I don't have the bells and whistles that a lot of uh, creators out there have, but I'm not sure if I really need the bells and whistles for the messages that I'm trying to get to a niche audience. So, but I would like to go a little bit further with CapCut. Yeah, and you know, to to build off that, one of my AP Chem students last week said to me that because we just finished a unit um, that was sort of like a flipped classroom. They were watching my YouTube videos and a lot of my chem videos have been out there for years now and some of them have a decent amount of views just in existing and covering a topic that not a lot of people know about, which is science, in particular chemistry. So people have been checking these things out and one of the kids in the class was like, you should throw these up on uh, TikTok because there's only one or two teachers right now that are doing like AP Chem recap videos on TikTok. And they were telling me that I should I should do it because they like my videos. In particular, they referenced like an AP bio teacher who is currently doing that and is, is gaining some popularity. But it's such a new space for teachers that I think you could, you could do pretty well throwing some stuff out there. And um, I'm not saying I'm gonna do it, but I did consider it because it sounded like an appealing thing to do. So maybe CapCut is the way to do it. Well, I would strongly consider it because you know our job as teachers is to reach students the best way that they know how to learn. And if they're comfortable on TikTok, why wouldn't you take that opportunity to meet them? Yeah, good point. You know, halfway. So I think I think that would be a great idea. Uh, five uh, points Gryffindor for that kid. <laughs> Uh, Let's get into the next one, which is photo editing. I have two here. Uh, The first one is Magic Eraser. Uh, Magic Eraser does exactly what it sounds like. You upload a photo. Uh, If you have like a car that went by at the perfect time that you were taking a picture of the Empire State Building and you want to get rid of that car, uh, you could just uh, highlight over it and unclick it and that car goes away. It's pretty cool. Uh, it does some things better than others. Like uh, I had a wedding photo where someone was um, kind of grabbing my arm right as the photographer took it. And I was trying to get rid of the arm, uh, the extra hand. It doesn't do well with that. But if it's just like random things in an image that you don't want there that's separate away from the main featured image, Uh, It does a pretty good job on that. Even a whole person that's standing next to me but not touching me, it does does a nice job with that. So check out magiceraser.io. That's a great one. I often have looked for an EdTech tool that will help me with that particular part. I do not have the time to go into some of the more time-extensive apps like uh, Photoshop, 
to take care of this. So this is one that I'm definitely interested in checking out. The next one is called I Love IMG. So I Love Image, right? And I Love IMG is basically every single editing tool, once you already have the, the photo and that file and everything edited from that, what you could do to it. I mean, you can edit in the photo editor uh, that they have, but what I'm talking about is cropping an image, resizing it, compressing it, converting it to a JPEG. That's what I use this for. Uh, the iPhone uh, turns all my photos into hike photos, H-E-I-C uh, photos, which is not compatible with a lot of different photo editors, so I have to convert them before I can edit them. Uh, and I find myself doing this all the time. So convert to a JPEG is an amazing one uh, that I like to use. Uh, there's convert from a JPEG to something else. There's a watermark image remover. Uh, there's a watermark image uh, add. So if you wanna put a watermark on one of your things, you can. Uh, there's a meme generator, a rotate image, and a Hotmail, or HTML to image converter, uh, which is new. But all this is super cool because you can easily do it, and uh, there's a lot of free services on here. Uh, there are some more uh, tools that are coming out that I could see, but between the two, I think I'll use uh, Magic Eraser probably more because it's a specific niche that I need. I wouldn't consider this one of my EdTech Toolkit mainstays, like my top five to seven, but it's definitely one that's in there for a specific purpose, and that's what I would use it for. Yeah, I'm excited to give that a look. It, it is one of those things that comes up fairly often, like removing stuff from an image and Yes, you can do it in Photoshop, but no, we at least we don't know how. We've never been trained, at least not extensively. So could we figure it out for sure? Or you could just give this a try, Magic Eraser, and have it done probably in, in minutes for you. So I love it. That's the kind of stuff I think is coolest to talk about. And I guess I'll move on to the next couple here, which are some math tools. Oddly enough, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. There's just so many great new math and science tools that are coming out that allow kids to now work digitally in problem solving. And it's something that's been elusive, right? Because there's so much handwritten stuff. So you would be tempted to say, well, how can you digitize that? There's, there's lots of ways you can. One of them is with this thing called photo math. Photo math is going to be a favorite probably of your students, maybe not so much you, but you know, I would argue that these are all just learning tools, so give it a chance. Uh, Photomath is if you are writing out a, uh, a problem to solve, some type of a math problem, an equation, let's just say, uh, literally you just take a picture of it or, or kind of hover over it, and it will automatically give you the beginnings or show you the solution to that math problem. Obviously, this is an amazing uh, tool if you're a student who's confused and needs help. Uh, as always with things like this, it kind of reminds me of some of the, the sentence paraphrasing and rewriting tools. You have to talk to your kids about it. Don't try and hide it from them, but let them know it's out there and let them know if they're using it all the time that that's not necessarily helping them. They can use it to you know, get a hint or 
learn how to solve that type of problem so that then later they can do it themselves. So you just have to use it responsibly. But this is super cool. It's called photo math. Uh, the other one that I think is almost more interesting from a teaching perspective is called QThink, C-U-E, Think. And it's at QThink.com. Uh, this is, it's a sort of like a digital, they call themselves a digital problem-solving platform. But if you can imagine there's, you know, some type of a problem, a math problem that students are trying to solve, you would post that or, or, or have that centered in QThink. And they've got a, a whole data bank of sort of preset questions uh, in there for this because what it's going to do then is they have their own, it's like a four-phase framework of problem solving, and it's going to take those phases one at a time and kind of walk students through, okay, this is a really complex thing to solve. Here's the first thing you should do. And it's all sort of guided as, you know, here's the first phase, do that. Okay, good self-check how'd you do here comes phase two and works them through the entire problem solving process my favorite part about it is that a class of students who are working on the same problem each student or groups of students will be asked as they work through those phases to create um what you know a, like a thinklet type video uh, a, a vignette if you will of what they did and when they did it to solve this problem and all of those videos and that whole process is laid out. So as the teacher, if you start to notice that five students have solved this already, you can direct the other students in QThink to check out their videos uh, or their vignettes to see what they did. So this is like the digital equivalent of the whole class sees that this group has figured out how to do it and they all kind of scurry over and, and are looking over their shoulders to see the process so that they then know how to do it. That's a great learning moment and I always encourage that type of thing in my class. Now you can make that available to literally everyone and sort of on purpose, right? It's not something that is relegated to just that group of students or just the students who know them to look over their shoulder. Everybody can see it. So it really fosters that peer-to-peer -peer interaction um, and I, it, I think it just does it in a really cool way. They have all sorts of data analytics and other stuff that you can tie in with that, but that sharing of the uh, solutions piece across the whole class is really great. So if you're a teacher, check out QThink. If you're a student, check out PhotoMath. It's gonna be your best friend in math class, but they're both some good ones. I love both of these and I love promoting both of these, not these specific tools, but tools like this. I think this type of exposure to students is a good thing. A lot of people worry about the cheating aspect and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, if students just do this for every single problem they have for homework, it's going to show up on their tests. It will guaranteed it will show up on their tests. So by exposing them to answers and ways to get things, it, it's exposing them to the product problem type and it's it's basically a, a teacher assistant there so if as long as you say hey look yeah I know you could do this I know you could turn in perfect homework with this and all that really try the problem on your own and then go back and try to use this as a as an answer key if I don't already have one and uh, I think that's a, a solid way to learn I learn like that giving it or watching someone do a problem like it giving an example 
problem a shot and then going and looking at the answer seeing how someone else completed that problem that's like the complete learning picture for me so i love both of these tools definitely check out photomath definitely check out qthink uh, i'm going to go into the writing category now i have two uh, my first one is not a writing tool per se but i could see how it could be used for writing it could probably be used for other things it's called learn.anything.xyz and basically with learn anything, you go in, uh, you type that into the uh, URL, it's in the show notes, and learn anything is a platform for knowledge discovery that helps you understand any topic through efficient paths. So it just shows up, there's like a little search bar that says, I want to learn, and then we put in anything that we want there. So I'm gonna just put in rockets, all right? Rocket science. I'll put in. When I put in rocket science, um, it comes up with all these different articles that are very popular, uh, web pages and links and stuff like that. So I type in rocket science. It's the three articles that come up is are uh, fundamentals of astrodynamics, rocket propulsion elements, orbital mechanics for engineering students. Uh, in the help area, there's one resource. It's the Kerbal Space Program, which is a WordPress website. And then there's one link there, Ignition, an informal history of liquid rocket propellants. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that took two seconds. And I think this could be a great way for students to kind of find what their research topic is without having, because typically what we do is we tell them to go do a Google search for topic headings and stuff like that. I think this will not only give you that topical research, but it will also give you a small collection of things so they're not overwhelmed by the majority of junk that's out there. And then after they pick their topic and they understand a little background to it, then they would be more educated to go out and find scholarly articles that actually fit with that topic. So this one's called learnanything.xyz. My second one in this category is Copy AI. So uh, I use Copy AI for uh, template writing. For example, if I want to do a follow-up email, Copy AI I will help you write that email. I just type in a certain thing that, or my point that I want to get across to who, and then it will generate that. And one of the things I really like in here are the thank you note templates. And I, the reason why I like it is I think oftentimes good in our school goes unnoticed, not unnoticed, but un, we could easily send out a note to, to a kid or a teacher saying, thank you for helping me do this but I think sometimes we're just too busy. So, you know, Nick, you, you inspired me to do lists. I don't have as many lists as you, but I do have a thank you list. And once a week, what I do is I go in there and I take time to write an email or drop a text or make a phone call sometimes and just be like, hey, just wanted to thank you for Monday helping me unbox our order that came in or, wanted to thank you for covering me on Tuesday so I could go pick up my kid from daycare and, and take him to the babysitters. So I think that's a, a, a great resource here. Uh, you can kind of get a template 
take whatever you use from copy.ai, put it into a email, and then make it one of your canned responses. That way all you have to do is kind of type it in. You got the bulk of the email done. Maybe you just personalize it a little bit with a sentence or two, and and then you're off to the races. And then that, that task takes a significant less amount of time. Yeah, it's super cool this um this idea of the ai content generator you know last our, our last episode 121 we featured a bunch of this stuff and uh in terms of images mostly but the idea that they're doing this now with written work is is super cool so i'm very curious about things like this and i am super curious about copy.ai because it looks awesome and what a what a time-saving tool so uh, that's a fun one for sure. Uh, as is, I hope, our final three for this episode on gamification and fun. Um, what, what The first of these is very similar to something we featured in one of our summertime episodes, although this one looks way better, honestly. It's called GeoGuessr. Uh, Guesser is spelled G-U-E-S-S-R. So if you just uh, Google it, it's at geoguesser.com. And what it does is it's a game and it's gonna use Google Maps and kind of drop you different random places in the world and show you the street view panorama of that spot. And your mission is to use the context clues of that location to guess where you are. And obviously this can be a super fun thing. This can be a super educational thing, especially if you teach somewhere in that social studies realm, if you're looking at geography or if you're looking at cultures or architecture or I mean that you could extend that list to hundreds of different things and I think this is just a fun way to sort of get kids thinking about those context clues in the realm of playing a game it's something that's super fun you know I'm always partial to stuff like this because I I like maps a lot I'll sit there and stare at a map if it's framed in, in like a store or on somebody's wall I just think they're really interesting and, and Google Maps is the same, but like times a million because it's, it's the whole world and you can just literally see pictures of anything and anywhere you want. And to tie that in with a game, I think is awesome. And that's gonna appeal to lots of your students too. So check out geoguesser.com. The next one is also very cool. It's called, um, I'm not sure the best way to pronounce this, Blitz or Tongue, blitzortongue.org. Let me spell it, B-L-I-T-Z-O-R-T-U-N-G, blitzortongue.org. And what this is, is a storm, a, a real time, so this is all live, and they even give a delay on there. Right now it's at 5.5 seconds, so that's how active and current this is. But it's a storm and lightning tracker. So it shows a map of the entire globe, and with whatever systems, satellites most likely, but other detectors that are out there in existence, all that data feeds here and you can watch the lightning strikes that are happening live on planet Earth. And it kind of maps them out. You'll see these little red circles that sort of blow up and, and, and shrink as the different lightning strikes are happening. Um, there's different color codes to see like you know how many strikes are happening in a certain area so pretty obviously right now there's some storms happening uh, down over the caribbean in the northern part of uh, south america central america across europe right now i see some lightning activity maybe around italy it's a little hard to tell 
Uh, but this is this is awesome too, and you could use this a lot of different ways. Math teachers, you can collect data from here and work on some spreadsheet skills, you know, averaging, mean, median, mode, statistical data type stuff, super cool. Science teachers, meteorology is the obvious connection, um, and probably some more geography stuff too. But such an awesome site, and it's really neat that it's live. These live things always hold a little bit more weight to students because they know it's real and it's happening right now. And then lastly, we've got uh, something for everyone really, but maybe our, our PE teachers as well. This is called uh, MuscleWiki.com. When you go there, you can choose male or female and select different muscle groups, different body parts. So if I click on shoulder, let's just say, it's gonna give you a bunch of different uh, featured, that's the default, is a bunch of featured exercises for that group. If you then want to get more specific, you can select uh, dumbbell, barbell stretches, or body weight exercises focused on that area, and then scroll down through tons of different options. For each option they give you, like here's, I'm looking at the seated dumbbell shoulder press. Uh, there's a little GIF that shows you exactly how to do it with the correct form. It also writes out those steps in text. This is, like I said, great just on a personal level if you're trying to be a little bit healthier. Also really cool for health and phys ed teachers who are trying to teach this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, I it's been a long time since I've been in high school in a health or phys ed class, but I remember being taught how to use a, a weight room and it was always kind of fell flat because at the time we were just looking at a piece of paper with, with like and a super old copied black and white image of someone, you know, doing a bench press. But this really makes all that come alive. So you, it'd be just so much more engaging and educational and then probably more helpful when the kids actually get in that space to do it. So that's MuscleWiki, uh, MuscleWiki.com and that rounds out the list. And I, I gotta give Geis credit. He, f he found those last three and I'm, I'm glad he did because those were uh, super fun to share and talk about. Yeah, the muscle wiki one is cool. I think uh, wellness teachers, phys ed teachers uh, could show this as a example of what they want their kids to do. And then maybe they have like a class YouTube channel or a class, who knows, maybe it's a TikTok. And their project is to use CapCut to make a video explaining a set of exercises that you could use to uh, enlarge in your biceps something like that and then the next year the students can instead of viewing wikis uh the uh, muscle wiki they can view the students from the previous year's videos and they could keep it going get a library that's more personalized because they probably know some of these kids so that would be cool this podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, please, uh, if you like the content that you heard today, make sure you tell your friends, uh, tell your colleagues, if you're educators. If you're not an educator and you're listening to this, welcome. Tell other other people in your field. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, you could check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere else that you find uh, podcasts. Check us our check out our YouTube channel as well as our Twitter. Nick's at uh, Nick got teched. I'm at Guys got teched. Our podcast is at We got teched. And uh, 
If you feel so inclined, write us a review, give us a rating on any of these platforms that offer that, and we'll check you out next time in two weeks. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.